Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ of St. Paul, located in Matamidi, Minnesota. We are a suburban congregation united in Christ and grounded in the values of diversity, solidarity, and witness. You can learn more about us by going to fccstpaul.org. Here is this week's sermon. Our text this morning comes from the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark, verses 21 through 43. Jesus crossed the lake again, and on the other side, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came forward. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him, my daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her so that she can be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A swarm of people were following Jesus, the crowd crowding in on him. A woman was there who had been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered under the care of many doctors and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately, and she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed. At that very moment, Jesus recognized the power had gone out from him. He turned around and in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, don't you see the crowd is pressing against you, and yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus looked around carefully to see who had done it. The woman, full of fear and trembling, came forward. Knowing what had happened to her, she fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. While Jesus was still speaking with her, messengers came from the synagogue leader's house saying to Jairus, your daughter has died. Why bother the teacher any longer? But Jesus overheard their report and said to the synagogue leader, don't be afraid, just keep trusting. He didn't allow anyone to follow him except Peter, James, and John, James' brother, James's brother. They came to the synagogue leader's house and he saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, What's all this commotion and crying about? The child isn't dead, she's only sleeping. They laughed at him, but he threw them all out. Then taking the child's parents and his disciples with him, he went to the room where the child was. Taking her hand, he said to her, Talitha kum, which means woman, young woman, get up. Suddenly the young woman got up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. They were shocked. He gave them strict orders that no one should know what had happened. Then he told them to give her something to eat. It's the word of God for all the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. The writer Frederica Matthews Green wrote an essay in 2017 called How to Revive a Dead Church. In it, she discusses how people tend to view communities of faith as if they were buying a new car or 
a new toy. They think like consumers and seek an experience that is enjoyable, edifying, and convenient, she says. They have little reason to stick around when a church fails the audition. There's always another church just a block away. So she offers to those who are looking for a new faith community to do something that in many ways is definitely countercultural. Visit a dead church, stay, and invest time in it. Matthew Green notes, when you visit such a church, your impulse is to leave and find another one that's more alive. But there is another possibility. A dead church can be revived. There are things you can do to bring a church to life. So she offers some tips that include connecting with those in the congregation that are already spiritually engaged and even using the church directory to pray for each member. And I'll have you know, that is actually something I've been doing as of late. She closes the essay by saying that taking this approach in finding a community of faith, instead of picking a church like a consumer, is more in keeping of who Jesus is, because where there is Jesus, there is resurrection. By finding and befriending other church members who are spiritually strong, by following the pastor's vision and supporting in prayer the work God is already doing, you can help bring the congregation to life. This essay has been rolling around in my head for weeks. Brings a lot of things into mind for me. Now, I'm not against being a consumer. There are, in our society, rightful places to be a consumer. I just recently bought a new car. You have to be a consumer to buy things like that. But there are some places where it shouldn't be, like church. But the thing is, is that we do happen to let this kind of attitude wander into our civic society and outside the confines of the marketplace. I think about how, as a whole, American society is less willing to invest in anything or take risks and build institutions and projects that can change society. And I think a lot about the commentator Yuval Levin, who wrote of his most recent book was called A Time to Build. And he talks about the fact that institutions, such as the church, have become less places that form you and instead have become places where you can perform to be the, the true you. But today, when I read this essay, what comes through, what comes to mind is the role of faith. A church is alive through faith. And sometimes the faithful thing to do is to take the risk Invest in those places, like churches, that don't always meet your needs or excite you. Instead, you, you connect with the person next to you, and you join them in prayer and in deeds 
of justice. Sometimes faith is about living into the impossible. Jairus and the woman with the hemorrhage could not be two more different people. That Jairus was named in the story. The two women, the young girl and this woman, their names are lost to history. He is a rich man. He is the leader in the local synagogue. So of course he has some sense of power. He probably had money to pay for doctors to see his daughter, but he had come to a point where nothing more could be done. He realized that his daughter without Jesus was going to die. So he comes to Jesus on his knees. Here is this man with all the power that he has, and he has to, he is begging Jesus to do something. He puts all of his chips in on Jesus. His daughter was going to die, but he knew that Jesus was someone that could do the impossible. The woman, we think, was at least, was well-to-do, at least at some point. She had money as well. She was looking for someone who could heal her condition. And so she went and had doctors who looked into her. But in some versions of this text, it sounds like the doctors and the doctors actually ended up abusing her through swindles and outright greed. So all the money that she once had is gone. She is as desperate as Jairus and was willing to do anything to be made whole again. And it was a risk for her to wander into the crowd because her condition rendered her unclean. And the fact that she was being jostled by the crowd meant the crowd was becoming unclean. So she was in a very dangerous position. But at this point, all that she wanted to do she didn't want to meet Jesus face to face. All that she wanted to do was, as the old gospel song says, touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Because she believed that alone would bring her healing, and behold, it does. Meanwhile, Jairus is told that his daughter is dead. And Jairus might have been ready to give up. I'm pretty sure he did. But Jesus tells him, Keep trusting. And he does. And just like the woman, his daughter is welcomed back to the land of the living. Now, sometimes we think that faith is about believing in certain things. And it does to an extent. That is why we have historically all the historical creeds of the church. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. We believe that Jesus rose from the dead. But faith is not simply about believing in certain things. It is also about trust. It is about taking what we believe and putting that into action. We trust that God will do something in our lives, even when it seems hopeless. Faith is about belief, but it is also about action. It is about taking risks because you truly believe deep down 
but God is going to respond. Now, I've been thinking a lot these days about faith and about dying churches. And this is a point where I'm going to be brutally honest. First Christian is a dying church. And there is nothing wrong with sharing that reality. When I say that, I am not saying that things are hopeless, but I am stating what is happening. The question is not that we should just give up, but what do we do with that reality? What do we do now? Now, some will take that knowledge and decide, well, I'm going to go to another church that isn't declining. And in some ways, there is nothing wrong with making that choice. But what if we took Frederica Matthew Green's advice? What if we took this church as it is, not thinking of any special technique or some special program that's going to save us, but instead in fa being faithful in the things that churches do, in prayer, in communion, in discipleship, in mission? What if we all took our directories and prayed for each other? What if we didn't worry about how many people show up for worship or how much money we have in the bank and instead step out in faith and connect and bring the good news in a community? I don't know if any of that will change anything, but just like Jairus and the woman, investing in the life of faith and stepping out in faith might change things. Because maybe after doing everything that we have done, it is time to trust God or to continue to trust God. The Episcopal priest, Frederick Schmidt, writes that taking part in the mundane acts of faith is to work out our salvation and embrace God's faith, God's grace. And he says, if you're wondering why we spend time in church worshiping, if you wonder why we receive the body and blood of Christ week after week, if you wonder why we preach and pray from scripture, if you wonder why we devote time to Christian formation, if you wonder why we resolved as a parish that it is worth your while to spend more than one or two hours a week in church on Sundays, if you wonder why we bring our church to children, children to church on Sunday, or why we come together around food, movies, mission, and art mission, our, our answer is simple. It's because we believe that kind of activity is what it means to accept the grace of God. So as Paul notes, in gathering, praying, and receiving the sacrifice, we are working out our salvation. And he concludes by saying, put more simply, we can't fall in love with God if we don't spend time in God's presence. If we want our community to thrive and not just survive, it means walking by faith and doing the simple things. What will happen is that we will start to change. Jairus and the woman were forever changed by their faith in Jesus, and that can happen. 
if we walk in faith. Frederick Schmidt also shares this story about his wife, who is also an Episcopal priest. And one day she was finishing a Sunday school class. And this man came up to her and tells her that he won't be attending her class anymore. When she asks why, he responds this way. Because I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get us to fall in love with Jesus. And if I do that, my life is going to change. And I don't want that. Jesus tells Jairus to put trust in Christ. And putting our faith in Christ is going to change us. And I don't know about you, but I want to be changed for the sake of the world. I want this church to be changed for the sake of the world. Where there is faith, there is resurrection. And I'll say that one more time. Where there is faith, there is resurrection. Thanks be to God. Amen. We hope today's sermon podcast was nourishment to your soul. If you'd like to know more about First Christian Church of St. Paul, please visit our website at fccstpaul.org. That's F-C-C-S-A-I-N-T-P-A-U-L dot org. May God be with you in the coming week.